Section 13 of Some Famous Women by Louise Creighton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 10 Isabella Bird, afterwards Mrs. Bishop, Part 1. Isabella Bird, who afterwards became famous as a traveller, was the daughter of a clergyman. She was born in 1831 and spent her childhood in a country village in Cheshire, of which her father was vicar. She was a frail, delicate child, and as it was good for her to be as much in the open air as possible, her father used to put her on a cushion before him when he rode round his parish. As soon as she was old enough, she rode a horse of her own, going with her father wherever he went. He made her notice everything that passed on the way, and questioned her about all that she saw. In after years, she looked back to these early days as having taught her to be perfectly at home on a horse, to observe accurately everything that she saw, to love the flowers and the plants, and to know their names and uses, to measure distances with her eye, and to watch the signs of the seasons. She was educated by her mother, and said that no one could teach her as her mother did, since she made everything so wonderfully interesting. By the time she was seven, Isabella was an eager reader of books of all kinds, even of serious history. When she was eleven, her father moved to a parish in Birmingham, and there she soon became a keen Sunday school teacher and worker in the parish. Later, her father again had a country living in Huntingdonshire. Isabella was not strong, and the doctor recommended a sea voyage, so when she was twenty-three she made her first journey, going to Canada and America. She wrote such interesting letters home describing all that she saw that her father urged her to make a book out of them, and soon after she came home her first book, The English Woman in America, appeared, and it was much praised. It was a bitter grief to Isabella when her father died in 1858. She spoke of him as the mainspring and object of her life. Her mother now settled in Edinburgh, and Isabella paid frequent visits to the Highlands and the Hebrides, and interested herself much in the condition of the Highlanders, who were then very poor. She helped many to emigrate, and worked hard to provide outfits for them. She was often ill, but wrote a great deal whilst lying on her sofa. She brought out another book about America and sent many articles to magazines. Writing was very easy to her. After some years in Edinburgh, Mrs. Bird died, a crushing sorrow to her two daughters. Isabella wrote, She has been my one object for the eight years of her widowhood. Isabella sought comfort in working for the poor people in Edinburgh, and tried to do something to get rid of the miserable slums in that city. She wrote a book about them to rouse people to a sense of shame. Her hard work was often interrupted by distressing illness. She suffered a great deal from her spine, but even when ill she managed to read and study. The doctors recommended a voyage for her health, and parting with much sorrow from her sister she started in 1872 for New York and went on from there to New Zealand and then to the Sandwich Islands. She loved the sea and wrote that it was like living in a new world. It was so free, so fresh, so careless, so unfettered. The beauty of the Sandwich Islands fascinated her, 
and the book she wrote about her visit to them helped others to enjoy what she had seen she went next to america determined to explore the rocky mountains which were then much less known than they are now her journey amongst the mountains was made on horseback her habit of riding since her childhood and her intimate knowledge of horses enabled her to spend with real enjoyment long days riding through the mountains on steep and difficult paths and sometimes in wild snowstorms she rode astride like a man in a dress which she had devised for herself consisting of full turkish trousers with frills reaching to her boots over them a skirt which came down to her ankles and a loose jacket she stayed in log huts with settlers in the mountains helping them with their work and much interested in watching the kind of life they led the scenery was magnificent and the fine air and the free open life suited her and made her feel well and strong she spent some time with some settlers in a high valley amongst the mountains sleeping alone in a log hut she used to ride out with the men to help them drive in the cattle which had strayed on the mountains and managed so well that they called her a good cattleman toward the end of october she started on a long ride through the mountains alone she had luggage for some weeks including a black silk dress packed behind her saddle and felt very independent the greater part of her journey was through a white world for the mountains were covered with snow and the nights were intensely cold the nights she passed generally in log huts with the settlers who were always glad to show her hospitality some of the men were very wild and rough but they always behaved well to her and she came to trust and admire many of the men of the mountains and loved to hear their talk about the wonderful world of nature in which they lived the newspapers wrote about the strange english woman and her lonely ride through the mountains and often when she reached a new place she found that the people had already heard of her one man she came across who was known as mountain jim was leading a very wild life but had been a gentleman of good birth and education meeting her and riding about with her brought out all that was good in him he gave up his evil habits of drinking swearing and fighting and became a changed man he was bitterly grieved at parting from her but promised to keep straight and his letters to her showed that he did unfortunately not many months afterwards he was shot by another man in a fit of passion miss bird got back to her sister in edinburgh after nearly two years travelling and set to work to make a book out of her letters home she could never stay quiet for long and travelled about in england scotland and switzerland and when in edinburgh was busy with all kinds of work for others soon she began to dream of another long journey this time it was japan she wished to visit she dreaded parting from her sister but she was always better travelling than when at home and hoped that another journey would still more improve her health she started for japan in eighteen seventy eight when she was forty-seven years old determined not to go to the well-known places but to the almost unknown interior of the country she was told that the difficulties in the way of such a journey would be very great and that no english lady had as yet travelled through the interior when she reached japan many tried to dissuade her from her plans 
but she engaged a japanese servant and made her preparations for her journey in spite of feeling a little nervous she was afraid of being afraid but very soon she could laugh at her fears and misfortunes though she had endless discomforts to put up with everywhere there were fleas and mosquitoes and as strangers were seldom seen in the interior she was tormented by the crowds who turned out to see her and allowed her no privacy still she found that the japanese crowds were quiet and gentle and did not press rudely upon her as she got further inland the villages became horribly dirty and the women were filthy and hardly clothed her servant was deeply grieved that she should see such things and once sat on a stone with his face buried in his hands he was so distressed her journey was made fatiguing by bad horses and by very bad weather rain fell in torrents and she was glad to use one of the straw rain cloaks which the japanese women wear but she was not discouraged by the difficulties of her first journey and determined to visit yezo the island north of japan where live a wild people known as the hairy ainos in order really to study the ways of these people she spent three days and two nights in the hut of their chief sleeping in a sort of bunk in the wall with a mat hung in front of her the men of the place used this hut as a club and crowded in at night to sit round the fire piled up with logs she wrote i never saw such a magnificent sight as that group of magnificent savages with the fitful firelight on their faces and the row of savage women in the background they were very kind and courteous to her she was treated as an honoured guest in every house she entered and she returned their kindness by attending to the sick it was with real regret that she left the friendly gentle ainos after carefully studying their habits and manner of life she returned to tokyo the capital of japan and stayed two months with the british minister studying japanese ways and making excursions into the neighbourhood from there she sailed to hong kong and then to canton and the malay states and then turned homewards stopping at cairo on the way where she fell very ill her travels in the east had not suited her health but they had filled her with new interests and taught her many things her books about her travels were better written after this and attracted much admiration and interest she was becoming a famous woman but all the enjoyment of her success was spoiled to her by the serious illness of her beloved sister who died the year after miss bird's return End of section thirteen